You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always on the Monday, it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sasfin. And David, for half an hour I went out and watched a bit of cricket and now suddenly come back and see the S&P having been down 43 points mm. when I started watching cricket to being down 61 points now and the Dow Jones 500 plus points mm. lower. Yeah. Is this the correction that we've been waiting for? I, look, this is a self-inflicted wound. Yes. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're shooting ourselves uh, in the head, foot everywhere. It's... Uh, this is not. Uh, this is something that could have been avoided. This is all to do with Trump and 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 trade wars. Um, I'm sure that if you listen to his rhetoric and you listen to the people around him, they'll all justify why they had to take the stand. But at the end, it's the way that they do it that is causing the damage. And the worry is not about the U.S. economy. It's not about trade wars. It's about the the impact that it's going to have on the global economy. Uh, and I think that's that's the big story. Um, rather than whether China and, you know, while China and uh, America fight this out, and, and who knows what's behind it, uh, economic dominance, or, or as um, Trump says, you know, they've been ripped off for years, which may be the case, but it could have been handled a lot easier, you know, without uh, rather handle it uh, uh, across the table than on Twitter. But, mm-hmm. but uh, Lindsay, the, the bottom line is that that the big fear is that this creates uncertainty. Uncertainty equals a reduction of business uh, investment. It also remain, means that um, businesses hold back, they don't employ, and you can get a downward spiral very, very easily. Maybe not severely in the US, but uh, certainly in other areas, uh, you know, particularly Europe, the UK, or whoever's linked to the uh, you know, to to the global, um, you know, to the global supply chain. And David, I'm looking at the All Share Index of the JSC as we pre-record this podcast mm. at seven minutes past four on a Monday, and I see the All Share Index down two and a quarter percent. And I think that we will be a casualty of this because when yes. it comes to risk yes. off, which is what we have at the moment, then. Yes. Emerging markets suffer, and South Africa being a relatively liquid market when it comes to the RAND, the bond market, and also the JSE Securities Exchange to a certain extent, then we are the ones that are targeted yeah. first. Two and a quarter yeah. percent down is not a small move. The JSE uh, down it, it, two and a half, huh? Oh, is it two it's and a half two now? And yeah, a half to, yeah mm. we, we're losing momentum as we talk now. Two and three quarters are on the top 40. So, I mean, we're taking in immense strain. So uh, you know this could this could take this could take out the year's gain. Uh, Trump is actually talking now on the uh, on, on the mass shootings. I don't know whether he's going to address trade or anything like that, but I think that he had to give some kind of speech. But I don't think this is going to do anything to to markets or help you know lift the fears that are happening in, in in the markets. But but we taking I mean we have been under quite a bit of pressure because of our own reasons. Yes. But you know add to that uh, you're getting a, a a big big drop in uh commodity prices mainly in agricultural products because of the Chinese holding back on imports from the US so uh, agricultural futures have dropped there. And also strangely enough not really tied to this as the iron ore price has finally given way. It was down mm. in Singapore 8.6% this morning to $94.32, yeah. which yeah. is a massive, massive move. And that's almost yeah. it's almost as though you say to yourself, well, let's have a look at iron ore, uh, because this is an industrial commodity that is needed for various applications. And mm. this should be 
almost a, a precursor, an indicator for what's going to happen in the market. Uh, but I was talking to Greg Davies. We spoke on Thursday. I spoke to him on Friday, and I said it had that feeling that people would go into the weekend, they would be nervous, and then on Monday, it was almost like a mini 1987 we've got yeah. here today. Yeah. It's yeah. extraordinary it's, what's happening. It's very unpleasant. And this is going to take time. Do you know what I mean? This is going to take time to play through. Um so I don't think this is a time where you can start to bottom pick or even, uh, you know, think about a turnaround. This is going to need um, sober minds to, to think about this. I'm not sure, you know, when egos start to get in the way of issues like this, uh, they only exacerbate the problems. Uh, they don't solve them. No one wants to give, uh, you know, any ground. And Trump's got his people that he talks to. And uh, he's going to see it as some kind of victory. But th th there's no victory. Markets are telling you that there's, there's no victory in what's happened. You know, the, the markets are telling you that a big mistake's been made, no matter how you look at it and how you want to, uh, what's the word, package it for the long term about how it'll improve America's trade balance and so on. In the end, these things should be sorted out. Uh, more diplomatically, step by step. So, I, I, it's, it, uh, Lindsay, we've been through this. We went through something in May. We went through this in December. You know, we keep going through it. Yes. And and I think each time we become a little more nervous. You know, we don't we don't we don't strengthen when things are resolved. The problem is that you don't know. You don't want to trust anybody. I had this uh, almost feeling. I was I was looking at uh, just some portfolios about two weeks ago. And I just said to myself, you know, I said, well, this is about as good as it's going to get. You know, if I could close the year off now, I'd be happy. Just knowing that uh, sending a delegation to China from America, I knew that there was going to be no good coming out of it. And I was very surprised when they said progress has been made. But you wait, you know, you wait for something to happen. You, uh, David, it's been uh, going it's, on for one year now. It's been mm, going on yeah, for a year, exactly. these trade talks. Mm. And I can sense something. Mm. I mean, I'm very sensitive to these things surprisingly enough i can sense something in your voice today you seem a little bit shocked actually you seem a little bit numbed by what's going on i can i can sense a, a reticence in you well that came on thursday hmm. you went out of the blue trump decides to you know uh impose another 10 percent on china and you know that that's the you, you know that's how can i explain that's the weakness in the defense you know that's uh yeah. You, know, you, you know, you can see it coming. And that, that to me, was, was the problem. And I'm surprised that we actually held up quite well um, on Friday, you know, much yes. better on Friday. But, but the trouble came this weekend with China saying, listen, we've had enough. Yeah. And, and to be honest, um, they might have – it might be a masterstroke that they've allowed the currency to depreciate because that angers – uh, Trump, you know, he keeps calling uh, China a, a currency manipulator. You know, this is the way he gets back, sticks and stones. Uh, they're a currency manipulator. And uh, the fact that he's putting pressure on the Fed to lower interest rates because the dollar's too strong, that's not currency manipulation. You know, that's Trump's form of uh, what's right. He doesn't see himself in any way. So, in, you know, in any way as being bad. So, So that's what you've got. You know, you've got... Uh, the, these two sides, but that's once they, they've come back now and they've hurt him a little bit with a stronger dollar because he doesn't want a stronger dollar. It just weakens his resolve and it weakens his position to to export, yeah. uh, and it makes imports cheaper. <laughs> 
I was speaking to Liston Maches, who used to work with you and last week, and he came up with something actually quite interesting. It was on Friday afternoon. He said, the rhetoric from Trump is now bordering on insanity. And he was very serious <laughs> about it. It's not that he's uh, just putting something out there. It's not the art of the deal anymore. And I'll say this mm. so that we can bring the deal back to the middle ground. He said it's bordering on insanity. And I think Mr. Yeah. Trump has gone mad. Well, he's, he's that kind of character. And he's, you know, right at the center of his attention is uh, re-election. He's, he doesn't care. He's playing to his crowd. He's playing to his supporters. Uh, by acting strong against uh, China for whatever reason. But it'll come back to bite him, particularly on the agricultural side. You know, this is bound to hurt uh, some of the constituents. Uh, we haven't heard anything from the Republican Party. They, they're, they're silent. Uh, as someone explained, you know, they, they're like uh, Madame Tussauds models, you know, Madame Tussauds wax models. They're just uh, stoic. They, they don't no expression or anything. They don't say anything. And this is crazy. This is going to hurt the U.S. economy. And, and I'll come back to saying what I'm saying, Lindsay. The markets are telling you that something's wrong, and this is not good. No, it's not good. Do you think that they're, they're looking forward to 2020 and saying that with the two mass shootings, the tragedy of America today with 250-plus mass shootings in one year, and it's only August the 5th, 250 mass shootings in a year. Do you think people are saying, well, actually, this means that Trump will not be re-elected in 2020, and therefore the Democrats will come in, the tax reforms will be reversed, and therefore we'll go into something which is anti-Trumpism, if you see what I mean. Do you think that could be what the market is saying? It could be. It could be. It could very much be. Because if you look at the Democratic policies, you know, they're very socialistic in their uh, leanings, uh, not not what uh, Democrats have been before. Certainly, the Republicans. It's very much a uh, you know spread the load or or take away from the owners and and give it to the workers. It's it's a lot like that. But I think I I, I can't read the American mind. I can read the North. I mean, I can read the East Coast. I can read New York. I can read Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago. Those places. Uh, but those aren't, that, that, that's not America, yeah. of course. That's not Trump's that's America. Exactly. That's that's what I I can't read Michigan or Ohio or so on. But there's no doubt that if you listen to him and you listen to his speeches, he does stoke the fire. You know, he and in the background you hear send her back, send her back. You know, he called uh, Baltimore a rat infested place, mm. which it might be. You know, it's got its own issues. But as president, you try and sort those problems out. You try and make it not a rat-infested place, and uh, you try and bring people together. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt his, his, uh, his views on Mexicans and, you know, what he's called them in the past does create some kind of, you know, issues with certainly with youngsters. A 21-year-old driving how many miles down to El Paso, walking yes. into an, uh, a Walmart store and shooting people. Well, yes. what's in his head? You know, where did he get it from? You know, he could only have got it. This is not. This is not brought to him by. This is brought to him by Fox News. You know, or whichever stations he listens to. And 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 this is a president who's who from whom you know it's almost like serving an autocrat or a dictator or some fascist government. Um, you know, trying to serve what he stood for. Mm. Just Trump's off now. He hasn't spoken that much, so he's not taking any questions. I think he just gave a prepared speech on the killings and. Uh, I don't think I, I, I don't know what his message was, 
but um, I'm not sure there's anything that markets are going to you know be happy with. Uh, I don't like him. I really don't. I mean, I won't, no, I won't no. go as far as saying he's pure evil, but he really is a self-serving, narcissistic, yeah. nasty little just, man. Just get a, go on to Word and look for some other adjectives that he's describing because I think we can put lots of strings together of, of, of adjectives that are a very, very difficult man to to admire, you know, unless you're, <laughs> I don't know. Unless, a white supremacist. Uh, who knows? Unless you're a rodeo rider or one of those chaps out of the cowboy, who knows? Yeah. But it, it's, 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 yeah, it's tiresome. You know, it's tiresome because, Lindsay, we can't work the way that we have worked. We can't look at a, a company uh, and, and say, to, what does it produce? You know, is it going to be able to sell into a global economy that's growing? Yes, we get cycles in global economies. We've looked through that. But you can't look at the market in the way that we have in the past simply that uh, when you think you're on the right path, you listen to Jay Powell on Wednesday. He tells you the U.S. economy is doing well. Uh, in fact, I think they were forced into a 25-point rate cut. And you feel quite comfortable with where things are not great. And then this comes from nowhere. And it just yeah. sets you all the way back. And you say, so what do I do now? How do I play it? You know, What's the next geopolitical move? Um, you know, you can't think rationally anymore. And you can't even go into the safety of, of bonds because uh, if, if you've looked at the 10-year bond in the U.S., it's down at about 1.78 or something like that. You know, that's, that's the best you can go. So you're really digging holes to put your money in. You know, this is under the mattress type stuff. It's, it's, it's very difficult to try and advise people where to, to put their money. I'm talking about now, you know, as we talk at the moment rather than what might uh, – you know, things do settle down, down the line. Okay, so let's say that we get uh, a meaningful pullback. We're seeing mm. something that is quite meaningful, I think, anyway, in the S&P. Well, let's have a look at the S&P now. Uh, yeah, it's down 2.2%, down 63 points. The S&P 500 futures, the Dow Jones over 500 points weaker. This will have a knock-on effect to a vulnerable emerging market like us. It's not as if we've got a strong economy that we can no, do. No. We're being buffeted no, from no. all sides, domestically and internationally. And I was talking to Chris Hart earlier on, and he said that if we go to the IMF, which he thinks we might do in the next five years, the RAND will halve and then halve again. He's talking 50, 60 Rand to the well, dollar. But they, they, they will, sure, because they're going to impose some very, very strict uh, structural changes. They want their money back. Precisely. You know, they're not a charity. They're not the World Council of Churches. You remember we used to get yeah. uh, inflows from them for the ANC and so on or to fight apartheid. This is, this is not charity work. This is coming from a nation of savers, people who saved money. Uh, the IMF will take that money or nations that save and contribute and they will try to prop up some weak nations and that. So they want the money back. You know, they, they're not, they're not going to lend it and uh, allow it to be sunk in a hole. So once, they, once we go that route, I think there are going to be some very, very strict requirements for us to follow. Um, what worries me now is, I mean, and, you know, you talk about the market. I've just been looking at new lows. You know, we're getting new lows in things like discovery. Uh, sorry, a one-year low. I haven't seen all yeah, lows. Yeah, 52-week lows, you, yeah. Mm, 52-week low. But you can read beyond that. You know, once they hit 52-week lows, if you, if you know the chart of the JSE, you'll know that this is a multi-year low as well. Uh, things like Sassel, Old Mutual, Discovery, ABR, first round. First round at a 52-week low. Attack, South 32, CAP. Uh, and so on. We've seen other companies. What surprised me today, a company like Afrimat, 
which has been a very solid performer in the construction area. Uh, aggregates plus they're doing um, some some mining now, um, cons- you know, m- more in the construction side of mining. Yeah, and a small cap. They down about seven percent. Yeah, seven percent. Nasdaq down four and a half percent. So so our markets just Aspen Pharmacare down five and a half percent. It's eighty four rand a share. It was four fifty. This that's right. I know, and it's pointing towards something that I don't like. Uh, we've gone back almost seven years, I think, in the price. I can't remember when they were last like this, maybe 2012 or 20, thereabouts. As we pulled out of the uh, the financial crisis, I think that was the last time we were at levels like this. So there's been mass destruction of savings you know, in, in, in South Africa, certainly uh, those companies exposed to the local market. David, what do we do here? What do you do here? I, you I, can't I, again, do again, I can say I can hear it in your voice. What are you doing when, yeah. you, when your clients phone you up or you're phoning your clients, as you always do, because you're very proactive in that regard? What do you yes. say? We just yes. have to hold Look. on to the dividend, the international dividend payers, I, the, I, and we stay in cash. <laughs> what do you do now? I'll tell, I tell you something amusing. I, you know, fundamentally, the businesses that we invest in, and it's mainly offshore, are okay. They're doing well. They're not going to come out unaffected by what's happened, but, um, you know, within time, I think uh, common sense will prevail and uh, we'll, we'll work our way through this. But that takes time. It's not going to happen now. So you have to hold back. What I always find bemusing is that uh, round about December and May, you know, uh, everybody wanted to cover themselves and uh, think about, adding cash or getting cash. And then what happens, you hold on to cash because you feel uncomfortable. You know, if we go back a year, yes. Lindsay, we go back a year in the, in the S&P, not from the beginning of the year, I'm talking July to July or where we, August to August, the S&P is flat. Mm. So we haven't really done anything. I don't know, give or take a percent either way. I can't remember where we were, but we haven't done a lot. So if you look at that year, you know, there's been ups and downs during that period. Uh, I've remained, I haven't gone uh, aggressively into the market. I've held back quite a bit, um, just adding to positions that we had built up now. But what's very funny with uh, with clients is that uh, you know, when the markets fall like this, they want protection. And then when it starts to turn and go up, they ask, why are you still in cash? You know, so you, know, you have to manage your way through that. Mm. You have to manage the, antis- the expectations of clients. And at the moment, uh, we've we're in a fair amount of cash, and we're just going to stay there and just watch and see where this goes. But I think I'm more concerned about the local market. That's that's what worries me because there's uh, there are a lot of people still exposed to our market here, and they lived in the hope that that there would be a turnaround, uh, you know, in the economy having fallen so low that this is probably the bottom, and think you know the normal story that you hear that things will turn around. And I still think there's more pain coming. Uh, yeah, that's that's a sad thing. I think I think you need another leg down before you get to a point where you can actually start to pick up bargains. But that might never happen as well. At least the Who football knows? season started. We had the oh, no. Community <laughs> Shield yesterday. Uh, Man City went one up, Liverpool mm-hmm. equalised, and then they won on penalties, and it was good fun and everything. But we've got something to look forward to, and maybe you have something to look forward to as an Arsenal supporter this year because you've, you've bought a couple of players. Well, they've got some players. We've got to see whether they can play or not. You know, we're, we're always great in the friendlies and the warm-ups. If you look at our record, yeah. uh, Arsenal have always been superb. And that leads fans to believe, well, this year it'll be different. 
And then I was looking at the record yesterday of Arsenal and the opening games uh, over the last 10 odd years. By and large, they've either drawn or lost. It's very seldom that they've managed a, a victory. If not, they lose the second or third game. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it's always a struggle for them. And so they play on Sunday, playing Sunday morning, Newcastle. We'll see whether these youngsters that have made a little bit of a, a name for themselves in these friendlies can actually bring it. You know, when they have to go up to Newcastle. And uh, that's not a nice place to play. Yeah, but they've they got a rubbish play. manager and the, the <laughs> fans, etc. But, David, anyway, we'll see. We'll speak next Monday and we'll talk about uh, Arsenal okay. thrashing Newcastle. Thank you so much for your time this <laughs> evening. I'm really, really disturbed about what's happening in the markets, but at least football is there to console me. Uh-huh. That's David Shapiro from Sashman, uh-huh. and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.